Welcome to None Dare Call It Ordinary, the podcast that digs into the unusual, unorthodox, and downright unsettling beliefs found at the depths of the internet and the heights of paranoia. I'm your host, Dylan, and with me is the electoral college-educated Brent. <laughs> oh, man, you always pick the perfect adjectives, and that is an adjective, adjective I hear a lot these days. Adjective, it's a perfect attitude, an adjitude. <laughs> adjitude, I'm yeah. going to call it, that's your adjitude. Absolutely. So, yes, it does uh, fit in directly into today's episode. But before we get into that, we have a couple of announcements. First, we have a new patron. Yeah. Matthew S. Thank you so much for your patronage. If you would like to become a patron yourself and get access to our bonus episodes, just head on over to patreon.com slash none dare call it ordinary. Also, December 5th, 8 p.m. Eastern. 5 p.m. Pacific, we are having our next Discord live stream. If you head on over to nondarecalledordinary.com, you can find a link to uh, sign up for our Discord page if you aren't already on there. We will be streaming the beautiful epic movie Prodigal Planet. It Mm. is the fourth in the Thief in the Night series. We've done one through three already on discord and we're finally tackling the conclusion to that epic series so again that is december 5th that's saturday 8 p.m eastern 5 p.m pacific head on over to nundarecalledordinary.com to get the link to our discord there all right so what is it we're talking about today Dill? well today we are taking a break from our anti-set of acontism series it was getting kind of much and there's a lot of other stuff going on and so we felt you know it'd be best to tackle some of the things that are going just, on yeah instead of a contism isn't like the main thing happening in the news yeah it's not it, not right yeah, now it, i mean soon yeah but, not right but, now i mean especially with the pope people are getting upset <laughs> at the pope so honestly it might start making a big comeback that's true but you might have noticed that the united states had an election recently uh in case i don't know you might not follow politics but that happened <laughs> And it turns out that our president is really into conspiracy theories. And so we felt we needed to cover it. So we started combing through Donald Trump's Twitter feed to find all the conspiracies that he is interested in. You know, this is all about him. This is he's really he kind of wrote this episode. It's kind of funny. Dylan, do you remember we were talking? We used to talk about me, you and Forrest were how we would do maybe eventually like the king of all con men, Trump and do like a hundred part series yes but then we were like you know what maybe you'd actually do better if we only did an episode on things that that weren't scandals like days and in, in his presidency that weren't scandals it'd only be like a couple episodes probably yeah i mean and that's that's yeah that's why uh that's why we didn't end up doing the series uh because the uh the answer is zero uh there was nothing <laughs> to cover <laughs> uh but so yeah instead of doing that we were going to do a series like that instead we're just gonna we went through his twitter feed to find out what conspiracy theories are really exciting Donald Trump when it comes to the 2020 election. And this episode is going to cover the state specific conspiracy theories because there's some, you know, there's different categories here. Some of them have to do with individual states and what they're going on. And we're going to start with the uh, the state that I'm I'm in currently Michigan. So what is going on in Michigan? First, there was a scandal about backdating. So mm. A city work dating. Just want to make sure. Yeah, not back masking. This is a different kind of Satanism. (laughs) A quote city worker told the Michigan Republican Party that poll workers were backdating ballots that came in after the election deadline. The GOP then forwarded this story to the FBI. 
this whistleblower was, quote, identified and assisted by Phil Klein, part of the Thomas More Society's Amistad project. I have to say, when I first read this outline, Dylan, I thought you wrote the whistleblower was identified and assassinated. I was oh, like, God ooh, damn, ooh, the, deep, ooh, the deep state is real. Jesus. Yeah, no, no. The Thomas More <laughs> Society, they're protecting the whistleblower. So, uh, mm. yeah, somebody else is going to have to assassinate him if it comes to that. But there is a small problem with the story. It's that backdating is irrelevant in Michigan. So it actually doesn't make any sense. Because, for example, in Pennsylvania, one of the big controversies was that if a absentee ballot arrived after Election Day, but was postmarked on or before Election Day, they would accept it. Mm -hmm. So I think the rule and I, I haven't followed exactly, but the original rule was three days. If your ballot arrived by the sixth, but was postmarked on the third, they would count it. That's not the case in Michigan. Now, the case in Michigan was. 8 p.m. election day, that's when your ballot has to come in. And if it doesn't, it doesn't count. So this does not make any sense. Like if a <laughs> if an election worker got a ballot and then they they changed the postmark on it, that it wouldn't matter. Yeah. It just doesn't matter. It's when it's actually arrives at the place. Also, the story was apparently about election workers oh. doing this because there were a lot of cases where people were accusing post office workers of doing this of you know people and that mm. makes a little bit more sense as a conspiracy like the internal logic makes sense but here it was election workers at the polls which that doesn't make any sense at all like how are you going to alter the postmark and if you're going to be nefarious you just pretend like it arrived on time it just doesn't <laughs> internally it doesn't even work at all no nah. but besides this problem of postmarking, Trump is also very interested in this issue about non-eligible voters. This is something else he tweeted about in an affidavit from former Michigan Assistant Attorney General Zachary Larson, uh, I believe. Uh, uh, Dylan, what, sorry, what? To, can I interrupt you here? Yeah, um, yeah. I just want to make instead of the word affidavit, can you please start using the word evidence? Oh, that way we are truthful. That's, I've heard that's that on true. Fox News about a, a thousand times. So, okay. Yeah, I forgot uh, because something somebody wrote something down. That's evidence now. There's an affidavit about Bigfoot. Oh, well, no big deal. By the way, the, uh, the same people who are claiming that affidavits are 100 percent evidence are probably also the people who are not believing rape allegations. I right. just want to I want to put that out yeah, exactly. there that maybe that's an inconsistent position to be in anyway. So election, according to this affidavit, election officials were counting ballots from folks who were not listed in the poll book. Or on this guy's scan sheet. So the poll book just says these are all the people who can vote. These are all the people who came in. Larson said that these were the majority of the ballots. Mm. And he also heard a similar story from another poll worker. So already we've got hearsay and we've got a bunch of weasel words like, you know, what we observed, you know, like this is what it appeared to be, mm -hmm. you know, all this kind of stuff. Also, just some parts of the affidavit were just very unclear what was actually be described like this section, quote, I reviewed the running list of scanned in ballots in the computer system, and it appeared that the voter had already been counted as having voted. Then the first official appeared to assign a number to a different voter as I observed a completely different name that was added to the list of voters at the bottom of a running tab of processed ballots on the right side of the screen. What? So that is evidence. That's evidence that something happened. Um, I don't know what is being described, but it definitely <laughs> happened. Larson was, quote, concerned that this, quote, indicated non-eligible voters 
we're voting. You know, I, I had to say, I'm pretty sure is kind of a shout back to our first episode, but I'm pretty sure this is exactly the mismanagement confusion that could take place with matching numbers and names on lists when we get to heaven and the angel checks for our name in the Lamb's Book of Life. And it's just going to be a mess, I'm afraid. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I better be Might in that be. poll book. I better be in the poll book. I'll be very upset. Anyway, the this affidavit, it was part of a lawsuit. Uh, that actually went all the way to the Michigan Supreme Court, uh, which rejected the appeal and the whole oh. thing was thrown out. So <laughs> apparently not very convincing. I, I love how these things build up. You know, there's like such drama and then dropped instantly. Yeah. Move on to the next case. Just, just constantly, constantly just kind of a pattern here. The last story that we're going to talk about that Trump loves to bring up is about the Wayne County Board of Canvassers. So these folks were probably unknown to anybody in the world uh, until <laughs> until this event happened. Uh, so, so basically, the way it works is that the Wayne County Board of Canvassers, they certify the county's votes and then all those certifications go up to the state board and then they certify the whole thing. Well, there was a bit of a bump in the road because the Wayne County Board of Canvassers uh, is uh, it's bipartisan. So it's two Republican, two Democrats. And initially they failed to certify with a two two deadlock. The two Republican members of the Board of Canvassers was uh, William Hartman and Monica Palmer. And they initially refused to certify the county's uh, votes. And this lasted for three hours. And in that period of time, they were just torn apart <laughs> online. People were not happy, especially uh, William Hartman. His Facebook profile, he's a fan of the racist meme. Let's mm. just put it that way. Uh, not very good. And it doesn't look good because so we should say Wayne County is where Detroit is. Yeah. And they considered certifying all the votes except for Wayne County's vote. Uh, excuse me, except for Detroit's vote. Um, i.e. except for the black people's vote is, is what they're saying. Yeah. So not a good look. Right. Not a and good there look. was also public comments. So they failed to certify. And then there was hours of public comments with people just destroying these people. And anyway, they eventually voted to certify. So it was this three hour drama that played out. Well, one of the things that Trump tweeted out was a, um, a video of Abraham Ayash, who is actually my new state representative nice. uh, in Michigan. Nice. So uh, Abraham Ayash, cool guy. But a video was shared by one Kyle Becker, who is a, quote, independent journalist, um, which means a guy with a Twitter account. That's what that means. <laughs> and the way Kyle Becker interpreted uh, Representative Ayash, what he said was a threat against Monica Palmer's children. And this is what the video he shared. This is what it said, quote, I want you to think about what that means for your kids who are probably going to. And when they see all their black classmates and then that's where the video ends. So you see oh, that man. bleeped out thing. Yeah, it was very confusing time. to understand what was actually being claimed. What did representative elect Ayash say that had to be bleeped out? He just said the name of their high school, which is Gross Point North. So it said. I want you to think about what that means for your kids who uh, probably go to Gross Point North and what they and when they see all their black classmates, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so clearly, Ayash was not doxing these kids. So Gross Point Antifa would, you know, murder them or something. That's not what he was trying to do. I've heard of Gross Point Blank, mm, that movie, yeah. which I'm, if I'm not mistaken, it's a film, but like it's, it's the origin story of Gross Point Antifa, I think, which yes. I, John Cusack was just amazing in the role of. Antifa founder Hunter Biden, I think. Yeah, incredible. Um, so, just yeah. always had the laptops, 
smoking a lot of crack. Uh, really, really great actor. But yeah, so Ayash was just pointing out how Monica Palmer and her kids live in Gross Point, which, uh, if you don't know, is 94% white. Mm. Uh, so probably indicating that not only does she not live in the communities that she's trying to disenfranchise, but that, you know, maybe she should kind of investigate that. So not trying to dox them and have her kids being killed. Right. That was kind of what Becker and by extension, Trump were trying to claim. Uh, not exactly. Also, uh, Abraham Ayesh, Ayash is um, is Muslim. So, you know, right. kind of you get all this extra racism, mm -hmm. you know, you get a nice soup. Going I don't know here. why, but when you when you said her name, it, it for some reason that old movie remember like Fight Club or like his name is Monica Palmer. Her name is Monica Palmer. And they're like ch chanting that. Do you remember that? It's Robert Palmer. <laughs> I don't know why. It's like, I yeah, call it, yeah. Someone's got to make that meme. <laughs> Oh boy. Also, another part of this that Trump liked to claim was that Powell and Hartman actually rescinded their votes to certify. This was a big oh, they it was like within that so, night, right? That very night, or is it the next day? I think it was the next day because yeah, this all happened soon. kind of later at night. Yeah. Oh, so yeah, they they didn't vote to certify. Three hours later, they do vote to certify. And then the next day, they, quote unquote, rescinded their vote. But mm. that's not something you can do. What they really did was they wrote a letter. <laughs> saying they were rescinding their vote, which is worth legally just as much as me writing a letter saying that I rescind my vote. <laughs> it's it, it doesn't mean anything. Well, I, I mean, honestly, I just can't wait for the, the next pointless letter where they write that rescinds the letter where they rescinded their vote. So that's going to yeah, be they're just going to keep it's going to be real confusing. Yeah, that's when they're going to when they're angling to get into the Biden administration. They got to <laughs> they got to write another rescinding letter because you just know what's the one thing the Biden administration needs it's racist Obama memes. That's the thing we really need. <laughs> so that's enough for Michigan. Let's move on to Pennsylvania, where even mm. more corruption is happening. And first on our list is the great genius Eric Trump, because he retweeted a photo of a piece of paper with two lists. It was kind of a, a list of poll watchers. They were identified as Republican, and almost all of them had no entry next to their names. Mm. So, ooh, so this is clearly evidence this random picture of a shitty looking word document is conclusive proof hmm. that republicans were not allowed to watch the counting and if only he would have you know printed a large print affidavit at the top of this uh, piece of paper mm. would have definitely been evidence we could have just shut the book on that one yeah just written affidavit and then signed it yeah um and then you also have to spell district like destroyed <laughs> like that's the other kind of element of it Another uh, story that uh, Trump forwarded was from Jerome M. Marcus, who filed a lawsuit alleging that Republican observers were not being allowed into counting rooms, probably because the Democrats were hiding some nefarious voter fraud scheme. You know, I mean, I have to say, like, in all seriousness, it's 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 got to be, you know, it's kind of disappointing when you realize that life is just kind of boring and there isn't some mm -hmm. nefarious yeah. cabal of evil liberals conspiring in back rooms. It's just some senior citizens or middle-aged people with average lives just doing their basic civic duty. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah, just, I don't know. Yeah. They want to, they want to kick down the door and like see the lizard people adding in the ballots for <laughs> Biden. Like that's what they're hoping for. And uh, it's just, it's just not happening. But even better though, is these exciting conspiracy theories aren't even getting into the courtroom because there was a lawsuit in Pennsylvania about this issue about, Republican observers not being allowed in and in the courtroom they were the the judge was Judge Diamond which is great name 
And Judge Diamond asked the campaign lawyer if there were Republican observers. And his first response was that there was a, quote, non-zero number of people in the room. Clearly annoyed by this response, Judge Diamond repeated the question, noting that the lawyer was a member of the bar and should probably be up front. It was at this point the lawyer admitted that, yes, there were <laughs> Republican observers. And Diamond's response, quote, I'm sorry, then what's your problem? Oh, you, you know, you've, you've probably heard of the uh, dumb QAnon saying, and they have like T-shirts and stuff, where we go one, we go all. Mm, oh, so yeah, oh, yeah. I think we should we should update that to where we go none, we go non-zero. That would be better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think that makes a little bit more sense. But besides Republican observers supposedly not being able to get in, there was also the issue of re- rejected ballots. Trump was very upset about an article stating that the number of rejected Pennsylvania mail-in ballots was 30 times lower than in 2016. So clearly they're being a little bit more, you know, loosey goosey with how they reject. And so obviously they're accepting all these crappy Democrat ballots. And he did share an article that made this claim. But as of right now, the article, they issued a correction on the article, quote, correction. An earlier version of this story incorrectly reported a premature overall mail-in ballot rejection rate in Pennsylvania on the basis of a partial early count of rejected absentee ballots current as of November 5th. A final mail ballot rejection rate is typically not available until some weeks after the election. Once all the ballots have been canvassed by counties, a spokeswoman for the Pennsylvania Department of State has clarified. Yeah, see, though, the, the problem for me here is the word clarification. We're, we're not looking to figure any of this out. We're, you know, we're just looking to tweet it out and move on to the next scary voting thing. So that's. Uh, yeah, this is this is his mistake was rejecting an outfit that was willing to issue a correction. I mean, that, that's <laughs> the big mistake here on Trump's part. <laughs> next up is Georgia. Ever heard of Georgia, Brent? I'm. You're talking about the country, right? Uh, no, not the country. The state. One of the oh. 50 states. Oh, the state yeah. that came through and kicked ass this time. Got it. Yeah. Uh, so we got some uh, more uh, more tidbits here. Breitbart reports that some are unhappy with how the Georgia recount is playing out. One concern from Representative Doug Collins is that an audit won't review the signatures on the ballot envelopes or absentee ballot applications. Oh, God, this hang up on signatures. This is great. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's all it's all about the signatures, unfortunately. And this is an issue that Trump himself was very, very adamant about. Quote, it's all about the signatures on the envelopes. Why are the Democrats fighting so hard to hide them? We will find massive numbers of fraudulent ballots. The signatures won't match. Fight hard, Republicans. Don't let them destroy the evidence. And this is true. This is true that we can't match the envelopes to the ballots because we believe in secret elections in the United States. And so, yeah, we don't want people to be able to figure out (laughs) who voted for who, because that kind of destroys the whole purpose of the thing. And and we all know, too, the only way anyone can destroy evidence is to destroy an affidavit, which is, you know, as we all know, is the only evidence. Yeah, that's all the evidence there is. That's how you do it. Also, like in Pennsylvania, there's also a concern about the drop in rejected ballots from 3.5% in 2018 to 0.3% in 2020. I suspect the same mistake was made as in Pennsylvania, but Breitbart here, they're not so interested in corrections, so who knows what happened. Also, during the audit, around 2,700 votes were found that were not originally counted. Trump claimed that these were Trump votes. Some of them were, but some were also for Biden. Specifically, it was 1643 to Trump, 
to 865 for Biden for a net total of 778 new Trump votes. In Fulton County, investigators went to investigate issues with ballots not being scanned. In total, 342 votes were found that had not yet been scanned. Oh, my God. Trump wins Georgia. Then, obviously, that's um, because we all know they were all Trump votes, too. I don't I don't think so. Is that not uh, but oh, okay. I mean, we, we you know, we're just here to report the facts. The last one I'll be covering is Wisconsin, uh, Wisconsin. It's kind of a fun one. Trump quoted an interesting claim about Wisconsin's voting laws, which claim that only people who are, quote, indefinitely confined can vote absentee since the vast majority of 2020 absentee ballots were not from indefinitely confined people. They should be thrown out. Of course, someone found the relevant Wisconsin law, and it says something slightly different. Quote, an absent elector is any otherwise qualified elector who, for any reason, <laughs> is unable or unwilling to appear at the polling place in his or her ward or election district. So slightly different than what Trump thought. Yeah, I don't know. All I know is a global pandemic is certainly not going to qualify under for any reason. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. It just yeah. it's just not. Yeah, it's it's definitely also. Not. Wait, I'd say one last thing about Wisconsin. Uh, the recount Trump called for and, and those certain counties ended up giving Biden more votes. Oops. Yeah, so I think um, it was that's fun. it was three million dollars it cost. And I think Biden got like under 200 more votes. Um, but another failed investment by Trump. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, not not doing so well. But that's enough for all these lame states. Let's get to the real beautiful state. Our home state, well, my home state of Nevada, uh, and Brent has more to say about that. That's right. So we're going to first, we're not done with signatures. Um, I, we have to keep going. So yes. signature matching skills in Nevada fucking suck. Let's oh, just say that God. off the bat. Sorry. It's too bad. <laughs> we are not good at that here. Okay. I'm sure by now we're all aware of how signature matching as a way to confirm identity is kind of antiquated and it's not really reliable. I know John Oliver recently did a like a deep dive on a show about this. Uh, Simply put, many people's signatures are not consistent for various reasons and are often changing over time. Yeah, I actually I have a story to back this up. So when I first got my license, you know, when you first go to the DMV, at least in Nevada, you when you first like kind of walk in, you have to sign a sheet. Yeah. And then I, you know, did all the paperwork and then they took my picture and I signed for the picture and they were like, oh, your signature doesn't match. When you originally signed in to the DMV and this isn't even a joke about how long you have to wait at the DMV. I mean, this was probably like an hour at most. So, yeah, that's how that's how long it takes for your signatures to change. It's just one hour of your life. All right. Well, anyway, none of this really matters Uh, to Las Vegas Review Journal reporter Victor jokes. He needed to see for himself. He conducted a little experiment. And my use of little here is foreshadowing, actually. In his article, he writes, quote, nine people participated in this test. I wrote their names in cursive using my normal handwriting. They then copied my version of their name onto their ballot envelope. This two-step process was necessary to ensure no laws were broken. On Monday, I asked Clark County Registrar Joe Gloria about this scenario. If ballots signed by someone else came through, we would still have the signatures match to rely on for identity, he said. Asked if he was confident this safeguard would identify those ballots, he said, I'm confident that the process has been working throughout this process. He was wrong. Eight of the nine ballots went through, 
In other words, signature verification had an 89% failure rate in catching mismatched signatures. Wow. Shut it down, I wow. say. Yep. Nevada, throw it out. Uh, actually, though, there, there is one one thing to note. Uh, when you when you are running experiments, uh, sample size does matter. I think mm-hmm. nine ballots is not quite large enough, um, in my opinion, to do yeah. any kind of, you know, getting kind of meaningful, meaningful conclusions. So jokes can get back to us maybe when he's conducted something that actually means anything. So, yeah, it looks like the jokes is on him. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, I don't know if that's how you say his name. Oh, Lord. Yeah, I, I don't care. I mean, also, <laughs> I imagine, you know, you you still can't vote twice. Yeah. So. And also, I mean, this is also so this is this is what you need. We need you need someone's fresh signature to be able to like stare at and copy. (laughs) That's I'm not sure if uh, we're going to get a lot of large scale voter fraud that way. Like this is so this is what you do. You steal the ballot. You you know, somebody gets a mail in ballot, you steal it and then you wear like a electric company hat and then you're like, hi, I'm taking a survey. Will you sign this piece of paper? Also, you know, and two, if we're going to run this experiment, maybe we can look at your findings and compare to another study we should also maybe conduct, which compares how many legitimate voters had their ballots tossed due to their signatures not matching. Because according to 8 News Now, a local Las Vegas news channel, quote, there are more than 3,500 ballots in Nevada that have yet to be validated because of issues regarding the signature on the ballot return envelope. Either the required signature is missing or it doesn't match the signature on voter voter registration rolls. Mm-hmm. So I, I, do you, I wonder if anyone's ever just like gotten a ballot and just mailed it completely blank, like filling out nothing, no signature, no, <laughs> no voting. The signature I just mailed it, just just emptiness. <laughs> pure nihilism there. someone i'm sure someone's done it yeah this is this is what i think of your electoral system <laughs> so now we're going to move on to the chaos in district c Ooh, district c notorious district <laughs> trump comments on a retweet on november 16th quote big victory moment ago in the state of nevada the all democrat county commissioner race on same ballot as president just thrown out because of large scale voter discrepancy. Mm. Clark County officials do not have confidence in their own election security. Major impact, major impact an asteroid on the Clark (laughs) County commissioner race (laughs) district C you've heard we've seen district nine. This is this. We're going to make a movie about district C. (laughs) The, The tweet is from another retweet by Adam Paul Laxalt who's a former Nevada Nevada attorney general and current Trump co-chair of the Trump campaign in Nevada, says, quote, the Clark County commissioner just threw out an election that represents almost a sixth of the total votes cast in Clark County because there were too many discrepancies to be sure that the results in that election can be certain. 153,000 votes in this election. Man, that's big. That's a lot. Mr. Laxall retweeted the original tweet by this lady named Megan Masserly, who is actually a really informative reporter I follow um, in Nevada, um, and she works for Nevada Independent uh, Magazine and covers healthcare and elections. Her tweet read, quote, Clark County Registrar Joe Gloria on the Clark County Commissioner District C race, quote, we have found discrepancies that we can't explain that can cast a vow on whether or not the margin of victory is solid. Mm. However, this oh. was just actually a snippet. So this is like a snippet. This is her whole tweet thread here. The tweet thread starts with, quote, Clark County Registrar Joe Gloria reads into his record the results of the canvas. 
which found 936 discrepancies, including 710 in male precincts, 121 in early voting precincts, and 105 in election day precincts. Gloria says those discrepancies include six voters who voted twice, mail ballot issues with ballot cure process, counting board process, and tracking ballots from SIGVER to manual verification. Early vote election day issues, canceled voter check-ins and check-in errors, etc. There were 60,109 provisional ballots, 57,866 were accepted, 2,243 were rejected. Those rejected include 115 who had already voted, 142 voted in the wrong precinct, 8 not eligible to vote, and 1,925 not registered to vote. 53 did not provide adequate proof of residence. She goes on to tweet out that Clark County Commissioner Larry Brown accepted the results of the election except for District C. So there is a total of 139 discrepancies in that race. Joe Gloria states that this is the only race they have an issue with because the winner won by only a 10 vote margin. Ooh. So that's it. Yeah. <laughs> not, that's, that's a skim by the teeth uh, win there. Yeah. So they are having a meeting in December, uh, which they're going to present options for a special election since it was so close just for that race. The results of the election in Clark County were then certified except for District C. So if you look up Clark County District C, you can see that there's 332,000 residents. So it's quite a bit of people. Then you realize Joe Biden only won Nevada by what, 34,000 you know, 34, votes, mm-hmm. I think. Yep. And you kind of panic. You're like, oh God, but that's, it's no need to panic because A News Now says, quote, in the event of the special election, just, just the District C seat would be on the ballot. Other races voted on by more than 200 precincts in District C would not be on the ballot, including... Mm, the race for president. So that's uh, kind of all that matters. So all this means nothing. <laughs> so basically, because I mean, it seems like the original the original claim that Trump was going with was that all like if it seems like they were trying to imply that, oh, there's massive voter fraud, but only on the race for county commissioner. But wouldn't that mean the whole ballot is bad? Right. But it seems like there's all these right. small little discrepancies. I think you said like 2000. Yeah. Uh, 2,243 and they're going to do a special election because it was only a 10 vote difference. Right. Okay. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Once you dig in, it's, it's means really nothing. That's the theme of this whole episode is like, eh, if you dig into it, it means nothing. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. I just want to preface this, this section here, which I've entitled battle born voters only by saying that Nevada has officially certified their vote for Joe Biden. Yep. So again, Totally be nice. Anyway, um, having said that, people are voting in Nevada who live in another state. Holy shit. Um, Yeah. Look out. According to an article in the Las Vegas Review Journal, quote, attorneys and officials for the Trump campaign on Tuesday said that they have evidence that more than 15,000 votes were cast in Nevada by people who also voted in another state. Wow. A thousand from people who don't meet Nevada's residency requirements and 500 from people who were dead ghosts are voting people. I, Jesus. I always, this is one of the things that the dead voters I love. It's like, look at all these dead people voting. I don't think the dead people are voting. I no. think we should probably be careful. Yeah, how we say how that. We say this. <laughs> right. People are voting in the name of people who turn out to be dead. It's I mean, not, we're going to, yeah, the, the zombies are not voting in the election. It's going to like fucking take off. Next thing you know, you're going to have like ghost hunters like going into like polling or like election booths and stuff like that. It's haunted. Like, all right, let's please, guys, it's like 
poor language here. I wonder if the dead can vote. Like mm. if you died, you're still voting. But you became a zombie or reanimated. Oh, Is there man. anything in the election law <laughs> that suggests you can't vote? I don't know. Don't we have know. any lawyers out I know, there? See, that's Please the thing we know. were talking about. This like whenever Biden gets in, let's turn the norms into laws. That needs to be one of the main things we do, especially with that. Make sure these things are laws on the books. Yeah, definitely make it very clear that the dead can't vote. So, and because these people all live in the upside down, it continues, quote, during a news conference in Las Vegas, Trump campaign attorney Jesse Bennell opened his comments by declaring Trump the victor in Nevada. The Review Journal asked if the Trump campaign, quote, intends to present the names, addresses, and other specific information of the roughly 35,000 improper votes needed to overturn Biden's margin. Bennell said that he would provide evidence of various forms of irregularities and fraud that would be, quote, enough to span the gulf. So mm. I, what I'm assuming he's meaning that he's, he's going to lay out each one of these affidavits side by side, and they will be so numerous that they will span the entire Gulf of Mexico. So oh, wow. That's what I assume he meant. But too bad this didn't happen in 2010 or else, you know, this could have uh, helped soak up some of the oil from the deep water horizon oils. Oh, that'd be kind of nice. that's true. Yeah, I didn't think about that. The complaint states that, quote, the evidence will show in court that around 40,000 or more votes were fraudulently cast. Also, according to the article, the Trump campaign said it refuses to name its whistleblower witnesses. So it's like a reverse Russia investigation impeachment situation. Just think that. According to another Review Journal article, Republicans released only out-of-state zip codes of the citizens' votes who were counted in Nevada, but withheld the names and addresses. But they did release, which is nice, um, each of their wish lists is on Amazon. Oh. If you're looking to get a Christmas gift for them, you can go ahead and do that. <laughs> that's, that's nice. yeah, this is for... <laughs> I thought that was kind of nice of them. <laughs> yeah, this is... Um, I think this was something the Biden campaign wanted, like in case you wanted to <laughs> give back to those who stole the <laughs> stole the election for Biden. You know, you can, you can, you can send them again. Yeah, do a little secret Santa. Yeah. So county officials state... So county officials state that there are legitimate explanations for ballots cast from out-of-state voters casting their votes in Nevada. They are usually, you know, out-of-state students or people in active military duty serving in another state, which I always find is very patriotic strategy to try to get military voters ballots thrown out. Yeah. <laughs> get them out of here. This was, this was I, think, <laughs> I think this is by far my favorite because when I heard the story, I'm like, isn't that like the main point? Yeah. For an absentee ballot <laughs> is when you're not in the state. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I remember I actually I didn't need it, but I actually did order an absentee ballot when I was in rehab in Utah to vote in, in Nevada. Nevada. They would yeah. have tried to throw out the rehab vote. Oh my That's god. That's what they're they're trying to throw out the rehab vote. <laughs> it is bullshit. Rehab rights, damn it. Well, speaking of wish lists and gift cards and Amazon uh, gift cards and stuff. Native Americans are giving out cash and uh, gift cards for votes. Man, so that's got, not good. I got nothing. Yet again, the white man in America gets I know. nothing. I know. So according to an article in a totally dumb publication called The Federalists, quote, Native American voter adv advocacy groups in Nevada handed out gift cards, electronics, clothing, and other items to voters in tribal areas. In many cases, documenting the exchange of ballots for prizes on their own Facebook pages. Sometimes even while wearing official Joe Biden campaign gear, simply put, this is illegal. Offering voters anything of value in exchange for their vote is a violation of federal election law and in some cases punishable by up to two years in prison and as much as a $10,000 fine. 
That includes raffles, free food, free t-shirts, and so on. So. One, so one thing, as you pointed out, the Federalist really sucks, and there's a couple reasons you know that here. First, they added the stuff about that includes raffles, free food, free t-shirts, and so on after the fine. Mm-hmm. So they make it sound like you have to pay the fine in raffles, food, and t-shirts. <laughs> The second point I want to make about this is they did all this while wearing official Joe Biden campaign gear. That doesn't mean they're part of Joe Biden's campaign. Right. I could rob a bank wearing official Joe Biden campaign gear. (laughs) That does not make them responsible for me robbing the bank. (laughs) More substantively, I did some digging. We might this might be something we have to cover at some point um, because I at first I thought, well, you can motivate people to vote because I know there's businesses like you can go to Starbucks. Businesses like that have had deals where if you have an I voted sticker, you can get a free coffee or something. Right. And I was like, well, that's perfectly illegal, but it it's not not it's yeah, not actually it perfectly legal yeah. it's kind of one it's one of those things that's like 100 percent illegal uh but people do but it no anyway and, do it. Uh, yeah. like, uh, they've had to modify their uh, practices there so i'm gonna have to yeah, dig a little bit more into this this is kind of an interesting mm-hmm. story but federal's garbage yeah and also like they weren't hiding this at all like this right, was just yeah. like this was like totally public out in the open yeah uh so i mean it could be illegal uh but like nothing nefarious right exactly as far as i could tell all right so one last tidbit here for nevada this claim that voter turnout did exceed registrations here in Nevada. Yeah, that's right. There's a graphic floating around online that has actually been debunked by Snopes. That doesn't matter. That lists Nevada as one of eight states that has had this happen. In fact, you know, my current state of residence was at the top of the list. Ooh. Guess how high our, I uh, guess, good word, our percentage, our, our voter turnout exceeded registration here by 125%. Wow. So that is winning. Yeah, th- that's Boom. good. I was going to guess 15 million percent. Uh, <laughs> so I was way off. So ruining the fun, the Snopes article says, quote, the data in the column for the number of registered voters was outdated. An archived version of worldpopulationreview.com from November 4th shows that the number of registered voters shown in the above displayed graphic was truly displayed by the web by this website. However, the data listed on this website at that time was outdated. On November 5th, the website had updated many of these numbers and added a disclaimer stating that, quote, a previous version of this page contained data from 2018. So people just messing up with what's going on here. It's really uh, nothing nefarious. Doing some foreshadowing, this is not the first time this is going to happen where claims about more votes to register because people, you know, don't check the dates. Right. But on that note, this is the end of part one. Of our Donald Trump election 2020 conspiracy theory <laughs> series. And with that, we, we are Thank you for listening to this episode of None Dare Call It Ordinary. If you would also like to hear our weekly bonus episodes, just become a $5 a month patron over at patreon.com slash none dare call it ordinary. That is also where you'll find any blog posts, pictures, and news updates to go along with our regular series. And you don't even have to be a patron to get access to all that fun stuff. You can also reach us by email at none dare call it ordinary at gmail.com. Lastly, we ask for you to please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever your podcasts are served.